from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. I think the jobs report is the the big data point of the week. Probably see, you know, half a million jobs, you know, maybe a little bit more than that. Maybe you get a little bit of upside to that. We should be seeing a million jobs a month right now, at least pre-Omicron. Um, and, you know, the fact that we're not certainly reflects a lot of these, these issues that companies are having um, that, you um, you know, really preventing people from getting back to work, you know, slowing economic growth. And that's why we're talking about, you know, maybe four or 5% economic growth, not 10. Jeff, we are back. We had a well-deserved Thanksgiving break. We will talk more about what we ate for Thanksgiving here in a minute or two. But I, I think this whole supply chain thing, Jeff, has just gotten real, as the kids say. Did you say see that in Canada, they have a maple syrup shortage, and Canada owns like more maple syrup than anybody in the world. And they're um, releasing, I think it's like 50, hope I get this number right, like 50 million gallons of syrup because of the supply chain. Have you had any trouble getting syrup lately? We're not a big syrup family, uh, so we, we frankly wouldn't notice that one. Yeah. Uh, but that that is disturbing. I mean, I, I thought the craziest thing going on now was that Dollar stores are charging a dollar and a quarter. <laughs> uh, if if five below changes their name to six below, then we know we really got problems. Wow! But uh, clearly, um, supply chain inflation issues are are still with us, and unfortunately, they're going to be with us a little bit longer. Oh, I mean, we've been saying that for a while, but I feel like that's the case. They are not going anywhere. And, you know, along the lines of supply chain, one of the big things that happened, you know, back, I guess, before Thanksgiving was the U.S. is going to release 50, uh, 50 million barrels of oil as well. There's that 50 and 50 with the, with the syrup and the, and the uh, oil released. I do have one question, though, Jeff. So clearly the way you just said it and the way I said it, the word syrup. Now, I grew up in Ohio, as I've mentioned once or twice, and you're a Kansas City guy. We were just talking about barbecue, literally, before we started recording. Um, you pronounce it syrup. I moved down to South Carolina. You know how they pronounce it down here? Syrup. There you go. Syrup. And I, I say, because I'm like, well, like, when in Rome, I say syrup, and my, my wife and kids get so mad at me. I'm like, hey, pass the syrup. And I know it's going to probably just do it to make them mad. But, you know, it's kind of what, what people call things where you live, and it's just what it is down here in, um, in South Carolina. So, Jeff, let, let's get right to it again. Welcome back, everybody. We did take a uh, week off here for the Thanksgiving holiday. We are glad to be back at the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. We'll, we'll see if we remember how to do this after a, a week away. We'll dust off the uh, dust or knock off the dust, I should say right now. Um, first things first, we have a new variant, right? Omicron. We are going to discuss that and the potential, oh, the fallout that could come from it and also what it could mean for the economic recovery that was on really good footing just about a week ago, what all that could mean. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about December seasonality. Right? You've all heard probably about the Santa Claus rally. Historically, December is a pretty strong month for stocks. Well, we've had a really good year, up nearly 24% or so for the year, the time we're recording this on Tuesday morning. So it's a good year. Will Santa come once again, or will the new variant knock them off, or is there something else there? So we'll have a little fun discussion there. And then we're going to finish things with um, something we talk about every week, it feels like, Jerome Powell, he's sticking around another four years. Uh, he did get the, which is what we expected. We, we gave our percentages there, and Jeff and I both favored uh, the likely reappointment of Jerome Powell. He indeed will be in charge of the Fed four more years. So we're going to talk about those three things today in today's podcast. But Jeff, I'm going to turn it to you because I've talked long enough here. 
Um, clearly, everything was going great. Wednesday, markets partner new all-time highs. And then, bang, Friday. I was actually on CNBC on Friday. They, they asked me like two weeks in advance, right? And I looked, and I was like, well, I was going to take that Friday off. Because it's you know, Black Friday, right? It's a half day. It's after, you know, so, oh, well, nothing's going to go on. I said, can I do it from home? They said, sure. I threw a tie on. I'm going to sit in the chair and say a couple words and get out of there and start my, you know, or continue my um, my Thanksgiving break. And then I wake up at 6 in the morning and look at futures, and I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> this isn't going to be your average CNBC hit. I had to actually get ready to talk about something because the market was getting destroyed Friday morning. Fortunately, bounced back on Monday. As the time of recording, his futures are lower again on Tuesday. Jeff, let's talk about Omicron. I'll just turn it over to you and you can talk for a few minutes on kind of your thoughts. It's very early, but how you think it's going to impact the you know, stocks, economy, what it all means, and I'll kind of chime in as well. Take it away, Jeff. Yeah, we, we have more questions and answers right now. Uh, you know, if, if this thing is is more transmissible uh, than than Delta, mm -hmm. and um, you know, certainly causes potentially, we don't know yet, but causes severe illness, then you know, th th this is going to impact uh, economic activity. You know, set aside the the unfortunate human cost, um, it's going to have some economic impact, right? We've already seen travel restrictions in a number of countries, right? I mean, in particular out of the uh, southern part of Africa, but you know, some countries, Israel among them have, have shut off travel from you know, all international travel. So you know, those sorts of things cause economic impact. Um, so it, you know, the market is rightly concerned, uh, but you know, it's probably gonna be a few more weeks before we really have a good handle on you know, just how severe the illness is, whether it's impacting uh, just the unvaccinated uh, or, or not. You know how it impacts people of all ages, right? I think that the cases thus far have skewed younger that we've seen, and then the vaccine makers don't really know how effective their you know the vaccines and the oral treatments, mm -hmm. uh, the in particular from Pfizer, are going to be just yet uh, against this variant. So, you know, markets don't like uncertainty. We're going to have to wait a few weeks to get a decent handle on what we're we're looking at. Um, so, you know, a little bit of volatility makes sense here. I think, though, there's reason to be reassured, given we have a playbook, right? Right. You know, we, we we know what we're going to do. There's there's certainly reason to believe that, you know, if the vaccines need to be, um, you know, reformulated in a few months, that that they'll be able to do that successfully. And then politically, that at least in this country, there's just not a lot of tolerance for a, another lockdown. So we don't think that's going to happen. Certainly, President Biden agrees with that. So economic impact probably going to be modest based on both, you know, most realistic scenarios here. Uh, but it's really just too, too early to tell uh, at this uh, point. No, great, great summary there of kind of what we've seen. I've got some notes here in front of me that you mentioned the word political. So it's, it's based on, I believe, the Greek alphabet, right? And the next letter was supposed to be NU, new. And they said, well, we can't call it new, the new variant, because that'll confuse everybody because it's not really, well, I guess it's new, but we've had some variants. That'll just confuse people. The other one was Xi, XI, which is obviously the name of the president in China. So we can't call it that. That's how we landed on Omicron, the next letter in the in the alphabet. We did some skips there. But uh, you know, mentioning kind of what other um, experts in the field are saying, you know, Moderna, you might have heard of that company that 
literally you could say saved the world in a way with how quickly they created the vaccines for COVID-19. And obviously it's worked on Delta and two of the other variants that we've seen over the past, well, I guess we'll call it past year approximately, I believe. Um, here's straight from the CEO. You know, he, he made the comments and these he made it to the Financial Times and we're, we saw these comments Tuesday morning. It was all over the news. Um, he said, and I'm going to sound smart for a second. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm actually saying though. He said there's 32 of 50 mutations in the Omicron variant, and that are on the protein spike. And such high mutations weren't expected for one or two years. Again, I have no idea what I just said. That's someone way smarter than me. But he's saying we're seeing things we didn't expect to see for one or two years, these mutations. And that's the big worry that's out there that we don't know yet. You you, you nailed the, um, what is it, the, the the nail on the head, right? Or the hammer. Well, how's that expression go, Jeff? You nailed the hammer on the head of the nail that, the, that we don't really know exactly what's going to. What's that? Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> I butchered it. I, you know what? We took a week off, right? I mean, we took a week off. I, I'm just still not, I'm not 100%. By the way, I, I maybe I'm a new expert talking about this. I did get COVID, right? I mean, I, I got COVID about two weeks ago, right ahead of Thanksgiving. I felt bad for half a day. Um, Week for a couple of days. Well, not week. Weeks are the wrong word. I'm already weak. Tired for a couple of days. My son got it. Like six kids out of 19 got it. And who knows? I'm fully vaccinated. I actually had the booster, right? So I mean, I got one of the variants. I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm again. I'm not a doctor. It didn't didn't wasn't great, but um, I I did get it. So I'm not saying I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night, but I will say, fortunately for 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 myself and my son who got it, somehow my wife and kids, my wife and daughter, another son didn't get it, but. You know, hey, weird, weird stuff, but I'm um, feel, feeling good now. But, um, you know, with this Omicron, we just don't know exactly kind of the fallout and the uncertainty that it brings. And I mean, Jeff, remind me, markets don't like uncertainty, do they? Oh, they, they definitely do not. Uh, you know, thankfully, we'll know a lot more in, in the next uh, two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jeff, I don't really have too many more comments because, I mean, who knows, by the time we listen to this, we could have some major new news on this variant. Do you have any final comments? And if not, we can kind of move forward in our discussion. Or, well, no, you know what we're going to move forward to? The economy. That's the next step in this. Um, You know, Jeff, we had some a bunch. It just feels like a, a year ago. But last Wednesday, before Thanksgiving, we had a bunch of economic data that came out. And the majority of it was actually really, really strong. And I'm just going to read a, a couple of highlights if I can find it. And then I'm going to ask you, Jeff, kind of if you think this can knock kind of the, the economic recovery um, that we have going on. G- third quarter GDP came in at 2.1%, a little bit better than expected, expected at 2%. That's backward looking, we're aware, but still better than expected. Uh, core capital goods, and on the YouTube channel, we are sharing uh, kind of one of our favorite economic indicators. It's the uh, new orders for non-defense capital uh, goods, expending or excluding aircrafts. It's up like 20% above pre-COVID levels, that's CapEx. That's the companies are out there investing in themselves to invest in their future. If you're uncertain about something, you might not be making major investments in capital expenditures. We're seeing that. So that was a positive sign. Durable goods um, did come in a little bit weaker than expected. Vex Transports was a, was a little better than expected. Initial claims, <laughs> this is a wild one. Initial claims came in at 199,000. That was expected to be at about two hundred and sixty thousand, like a huge, huge miss. And it was there was some you know different different reasons for that. Bottom line, that's a new low. Um, remember, we had a six million initial claims back in the midst of the pandemic. So there are some real positive things on the economy, Jeff. Last Wednesday, and then we all went and had turkey on Thursday. Got fat. We're going to talk real soon what we ate for Thanksgiving, and then Friday happened. How much do you think, Jeff, it can slow down this economic recovery? It looked like it was starting to turn a corner. Well, 
and probably not much, but you got to put a big asterisk next to that, right? Because uh, we yeah. we really need more information again to have much much confidence in that. But if you just want to take delta as a base case, it's probably going to be, at least my opinion, a little bit better than delta because we're a little bit better prepared now than we were a few months ago. Uh, you know, more vaccinations and and, and certainly uh, more treatments. So. Um, if you take that as a base case, maybe it's a couple points off a of GDP in a quarter, and then um, you know we get most of that back the next quarter. So that's not so bad. You know, one forecast I saw from an economist that that I uh, respect was a you know global GDP impact of 0.3 percent for the year. That that's not that that big of a deal. We can we can absorb that. So you know, again, we have a playbook. We have a lot of tools. Uh, we know how people are going to respond if it's anything like Delta. So when you look forward, you know, the reopening, the last leg of the reopening is going to happen. You know, hopefully it's going to happen in a couple of months, if not sooner. But, you know, if it gets pushed off a little bit more, that's certainly not enough to derail the markets. And, you know, if GDP grows in the U.S. at, you know, 3.8 instead of 4.1 next year or something like that, it's not a disaster. Right. No, exactly. I remember six months ago or so, we were saying, hey, third quarter can see like 8 10% GDP growth. Third quarter came in at 2% or 2.1%, like I just mentioned. It's the fourth quarter now, though. Like, we're expected pretty solid growth in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, the Atlanta Fed GDP uh, tracker, they've got a, a formula that they plug in all the data pieces. I think they were flirting with 8% GDP growth or so in the fourth quarter. They're probably on a high side. And maybe, again, some things get pushed back because of, of, of the new variant. Um, but, but still, likely the solid growth is coming. I mean, Jeff, you mentioned Delta. I changed gears for a second. I did watch that new South Park and my South Park fans out there where they go 40 years in the future and are still dealing with the pandemic. And they called it like the Delta Frequent Flyer Miles Plus variant or something. Yeah, hey, if you guys saw it, you know what I'm talking about. It, 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 was, it was pretty funny. All right, Jeff, we're, we, it was, when I start talking South Park, it's time to move forward. But I mean, the truth is the economy is still really strong. We could see a little slowdown. Believe me, we're going to be watching this extremely closely. Um, but the economy still looks pretty solid to us. And by the way, Jeff, remind me, what, what is, there's a lot of things next week. What happens next Tuesday, by the way? Speaking of the future. What happens next Tuesday? Oh, well, we're it's releasing our 2022 outlook. I was like, please don't, please don't forget, Jeff. Please don't forget this one. Yeah. Tell us about the outlook, Jeff. Not about it, but just how excited you are that, you know, we'll talk about that in the next podcast. Yes. Really excited about that one. Uh, it's, um, you know, one of my favorite uh, days of the year to be uh, part of this team at LPR Research. Uh, we. It's a team effort, certainly with the designers, creative folks, uh, and and our team. I feel like we have the easy part, just write the text, right? And then the, yeah. the communications folks do a great job of coming up with the theme and, uh, you know, really making it pretty. So really excited about bringing that to you uh, in a week. And we, we, uh, we hope you all like it. It'll be available on LPL.com. Absolutely. We're going to promote it a lot more next week, but we are releasing our 2022 outlook next week. And Jeff and I will dive into that exclusively on the podcast next week. So Jeff, that brings us to Wednesday, the uh, economy looked good. Thursday, we ate a bunch of food, then Friday. So let's, we talked about Friday, right? We talked about Wednesday. Let's talk about Thursday. How much food did you eat, Jeff? And what did the uh, Bookbinder family do on Thanksgiving? Yeah, we, we focused on the sweets. We um, <laughs> normally we do Thanksgiving with my in-laws. They're local here in the Boston area, but 
they were traveling and we decided not to. So we did a very low key thing. You know, we didn't make a 15 pound turkey or anything like that. Uh, but what we're really good at is is desserts, right? And so, you know, we had, um, you know, basically every treat we could find at, at our, our local grocery store uh, ended up in our house and 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 in our uh, in our bellies. It was it was delicious. No pies, but um, you know, lots of cookies and cakes and mm. brownies and things like that. It was it was uh, it was delicious. Well, this is why we diversify as a research department, because we had pies down here and not so many of the other sweets. We had a pumpkin pie, like a chocolate pumpkin pie. Um, oh, my wife made her, her grandma's world famous apple pie that was really, really good. She made it a year ago and it was just, I don't know, she'll admit this too. She's ah, just kind of off. Whatever she did this year it was a lot better. Actually, I know what she did. Last year, she bought a pre-made crust in the store, and she claimed the pre-made crust was the reason it wasn't good. So, okay, well, you know, okay. So she made her own crust this year, and the pie was really good. We did the turkey and all the regular stuff um, because Sebastian had COVID. They gave me COVID. My um, wife's family was supposed to come down. Some of them were supposed to come down and visit us for Thanksgiving. That did not happen, so... Uh, Thank you to COVID. No, I don't mean it like that. I'm being sarcastic. I wanted them to come down. I don't mean to be like, thank you, they're not coming. I, we wish they could have come. My kids are really sad. Their cousin's supposed to come. Just you know, one of the things we all have to give up because of uh, the world we're living in. But fortunately, again, we're all healthy now, which is good. But we just had a much smaller Thanksgiving with our uh, with you know my immediate family, and um, now Sebastian and I are out of uh, COVID jail, as I call it, and we're we're moving moving forward. But yeah, it was an awesome Thanksgiving for us as well. Jeff, I'm glad you guys ate a bunch of sweets. We had the pies on that side and a bunch of food. Now, Jeff, before we started talking, I mentioned tomorrow I'm traveling a little bit in North Carolina. Um, I'm going to explore Lexington, North Carolina, which is very very famous for all you podcast listeners in this part of the world. Lexington, North Carolina is extremely famous for its barbecue. It has a lot of vinegar on it. I wasn't a vinegar fan, but now I live in this part of the world and I'm getting used to it. So Lexington, North Carolina, I'm coming to see you tomorrow. Jeff, tell me the difference between Kansas City barbecue and, and let's say, you know, uh, uh, Carolina barbecue. Yeah, Kansas City barbecue is, is uh, more molasses based than vinegar based. I think that's the biggest difference. And, and there's, I think there's a little more of a smoky flavor to it it's a it's a little more like texas style which i'm sure many people are uh familiar with um i'm not sure how long it takes to to cook the vinegar based barbecue in in the carolinas but it takes a full day to do kansas city or texas barbecue right yeah well, I'm not sure how long it does either, but I can answer this much. It takes about five minutes to eat it. I don't care where it's from. It takes me five minutes and I'm done. So that's how I that's how I know that answer. All right, Jeff, let's go forward. Um, so good discussion there on Omicron. Believe me, guys, we're going to be talking about this a lot more. I have a feeling going forward. So we're, we're not done with this conversation. I wish we were, but we're not. Um, so Santa Claus rally, Jeff, as you know, and our listeners probably, well, I know you know this, listeners might know. Historically, January, I'm sorry, I'm January. I'm, I'm going into the future. I meant to say December. December historically is one of the better months of the year, up one and a half percent on average. That comes in third, only November and April are better. Higher about three quarters of the time, though. No month is more likely to be higher 
than December. Um, and one more, I just kind of remembered, honestly, this morning, as I get ready for the podcast, we all, <laughs> for a while, we said, ah, December never been the worst month of the year. Then 2018 happened. And so only once in history has December been the worst month of the year, and only three other times has it been the second worst month of the year. The worst month this year was a 4.8% drop in September. So, you know, we can't make guarantees or promises here, but we are saying history would say, you know, probably are going to see a 4.8% drop this December. Omicron's out there, so anything is possible, obviously. Um, but Jeff, tell me a little bit about what you're thinking this December. I mean, there are there is that uncertainty. Can we buck the trend of Omicron and just kind of have a little bit of an upward bias the rest of this year? Well, that's probably more likely than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, here again, but it's so yeah. it's such a tough thing to predict, right? Yes, uh, the we will have some time left in December after we get more information on, I mean, just what we're dealing with, right? Again, sort of the two to three week timeframe after, you know, in particular, Moderna and and, and Pfizer can really uh, study this thing more closely uh, and figure out just how effective the treatments are. And we can see what the symptoms, I mean, remember, if if this is just like what we've seen before, um, you know, hopefully a lot of people have your experience, Ryan, where they, you know, they don't feel so great for, you know, a day and then they're, you know, back on their feet and good to go. Uh, that may be most of what this, this looks like, in which case we won't need restrictions. So, you know, if we get uh, good news in the next two, three weeks, then sure, a late year rally makes a lot of sense. You typically have less selling pressure late in the year, you know, what's the holiday start? Um, you know, in particular, people don't want to take uh, taxable gains, uh, at the very end of the year. So um, that just natural lift uh, could certainly push us a little bit higher and, um, you know, could end up maybe with what north of 25% return for the year, which would be tremendous. They absolutely would. And you mentioned the future. Um, I always remember the, the Yogi Bear joke. I think we made a comment about Yogi Bear in a team meeting yesterday. He gets all these quotes. The Yogi Bear quote, it's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. It's just, that's a good one. I like using that one anyway. Okay, so that's a good one. So let's go ahead and make a prediction anyway, whatever. Um, So when you're up at least 20% for the year, Jeff, and we are showing this one now on the YouTube channel, once again, and then we don't know, you know, we're probably going to be up 20% for the year heading into December with one day to go in November. Anything's possible. Could have a massive sell-off. Not likely. Um, you know, up 24% for the year, give or take. Um, so if you're up 20% for the year heading into the normally bullish month of December, the um, average return is actually a little bit better up 1.7% on average versus 1.5% on average. Um, and again, I think it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Eight of the last nine years, when you're up 20% for the year heading into December, you're actually higher in December after a really good start. I mean, Jeff, you know, when I get the, our friends in the media, they ask us, they would say, why? Why? And I'm always kind of like, well, it's a bull market. Usually Mark stocks go up in a bull market. I mean, good years usually just kind of keep going up. Do you think it's because portfolios chase, managers chase? I mean, people are underexposed. Why? I'm not even talking about 2020. What year are we in? 2021. I'm talking about the future. Why is it normally you get an even stronger performance with a good start of the year? Do you think it is because portfolio managers chase? Well, it's not just portfolio managers. It's it's all of us, right? I mean, the, yeah. this is just a market of performance chasers. And so... Um, you know, if you're, you know, if your neighbor's making money, you want to make money. <laughs> that's that's part of it. But yeah. you know, maybe just as big of a part of it is, like you said, if you're in a bull market and 
you know, the economy is growing and earnings are growing, then, you know, stocks are very likely to go higher. Um, you know, looking forward to next year, I mean, you're up double digits if you're not near a recession, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, people I think are, you know, getting getting smart about that. People know stocks go up a lot more than they go down. And yep. if it doesn't look like you're going to have a recession, then, um, you know, there's certainly uh, more reasons to buy rather than, than sell. So, um, you know, momentum begets momentum. I know people who follow the charts and use technical analysis say that all the time, right? So, um, you know, gains certainly lead to more gains as people have that um, you know, bullish expectation. Uh, absolutely. If you followed this podcast for a while, which hopefully you have, and if you're new, welcome to our podcast. Um, you know, we were sharing literally like 20 days off the lows in March 2020, 20 days off those lows. I forget the exact numbers. I'm going to paraphrase, but like it was one of the best 20 day rallies ever. And then I broke the numbers down and said, wow, you're three months, six months, 12 months later, you have historically extremely strong gains. Guys, a year ago right now, we were wrapping up one of the greatest months in the history of the stock market. Last November, right, we had a sell-off into the election. The election happened. Election came in a little bit closer than people thought when it came to the way the Senate and the House are broken down. Gridlock can be good sometimes. Oh, and by the way, that's a major breakthroughs in the coronavirus with vaccines. That kicked off an enormous, huge rally last November. I remember talking about this exactly a year ago right now. Everyone said, oh my goodness, we just had a big November. It's got to be bearish. Got to go down. We shared on this podcast, no, the historical returns after enormously large gains are not the end of a bull market. They're not the middle of a bull market. They're the kickoff to a new bull market. Here we are a year later with extremely strong returns. Um, so again, when you put all this stuff together with the economy, with what history has told us, with, with the technicals and the fundamentals, and oh, you got a little bit of Fed backstop also, tailwinds maybe, all those things led to this strong, st historically strong bull market we've seen this year. And fortunately, the LPL research, we've been kind of riding that and explaining it to everyone. It's been a lot of fun. And if you want to help us with this podcast, please give us a like, give us a follow, give us a positive review. It goes a long way. And uh, we hit over 500,000 downloads just oh, a week or so ago. Um, so that's something that we're about, about two or three weeks ago, but um, something we're really, really proud of. So Jeff, the final thing we're going to talk about is Jerome Powell, and he, oh my goodness, I got so excited, I bumped into my screen and my monitor started bouncing around. Jerome Powell is back for four more years. If you're looking on the YouTube channel, I've got a fun playful, if you remember the Wolf of Wall Street, where he says, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not going anywhere. I can't use that other word he uses when he when he, when he he says it, because that, that, that I, think, I think they use the F word in the in the wolf, wolf of Wall Street more than any other word, any other movie in the history of mankind, but still kind of funny movie. Anyway, I've got Jerome Powell's face on uh, Leo there saying, he's not going anywhere. We've got four more years with Jerome Powell, kind of what we expected, Jeff. This I don't know where this conversation will go, because we kind of expected it. But um, what do you think? Uh, maybe, you know what, let's go a different route. So that he's here for four more years. We kind of know what he's doing. Do you think he's talking today? Do you think Omicron could kind of shift some of the things that Jerome Powell has been telling us? Um, you know, specifically, hey, maybe maybe they don't taper so fast. Maybe, you know, three rate hikes next year sounds ridiculous, like some some people were saying just this time a week ago. What's your take on what he might say and maybe what the four, next four years could bring? Well, first, thanks for uh, keeping the language clean. Um, the F word there. is Fibonacci, by the way. That's the Fibonacci, F word, right. Fibonacci. Or if you're talking to a technical crowd, the F word is fundamentals. That's an old joke. I've used it many times. But yeah, that's the F word, depending on who you're speaking with. Yeah. Yes. I think uh, I think it's clear which of us is the fundamental guy and which is the Fibonacci guy. So, um, you know, here it is again. You know, Omicron creates uncertainty. The Fed will talk about that. Um, Powell will talk about that today, no doubt. Uh, 
you know, I'm not our chief Fed watcher. That's Lawrence Gillum, our fixed income strategist. Mm-hmm. But I'll say, um, I personally think three rate hikes next year is way too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, even before Omicron, you know, one or two, maybe at the end of the year made sense to me. Uh, you know, they got to get done with the tapering of the bond purchases first, right? Uh, and even if they might, they could accelerate that um, and end it in, I don't know, late spring or early summer, possibly. Mm-hmm. But then I think they're going to want some spacing between the end of the bond purchases and the start of rate hikes, right? So, you know, I think three was just too aggressive. Now, I think you're going to see a lot of folks push that out, you know, and, and maybe say only one next year. That's more where we are right? Uh, because of this, you know, even if we get a good scenario with Omicron, it's still very likely to slow the Fed down, right? Um, and, um, you know, it reduces the chances that the tapering gets accelerated. So, you know, we think one rate hike next year late is, is, is a reasonable expectation. And if Omicron is worse than anticipated, maybe you end up with just the start of rate hikes in uh, early 2023. Yeah, you mentioned kind of maybe one rate hikes where we are. It's where we've been, right? I mean, just a week ago, last Wednesday, some big shops were saying, ah, maybe three with a middle of the year likely. And some different shops were saying, I think, March for a rate hike. I was on um, with Maria Bartiromo last week. I forget the day. It doesn't really matter. But I was talking to Maria, and she asked me the question, so do you think the Fed's going to hike rates early next year or middle of next year? And I kind of froze for a second, and I was like, neither. We think it's going to be later next year. I said that before all this Omicron stuff, because it was like so just obvious to everyone, apparently, that the Fed was going to hike rates sometime in the middle of the year or maybe even earlier. The idea that it could be later was just like not even fathomable. And now here we are just a, you know, literally a few hours later, if you think about it, and Omicron has kind of changed this. But again, that's what LPL Research was saying. And like you said, Lawrence, he's been talking extensively with our nearly 20,000 advisors. Um, we probably did it just this morning. <laughs> Today's Tuesday. We have a fixed income Tuesday call with our advisors. He's been saying something very similar that ah, we're not buying here what everybody else is selling. And uh, we'll see, you know, long way to go. Don't get me wrong. But we'll stay in the a little bit uh, potentially more dovish um, camp. Still a rate hike probably next year, but it's going to be a little bit later. But hey, you know what? We'll talk more about that next week in our 2022 outlook. Jeff, um, the final thing I guess I want to point out is it is a week with some things happening. What should investors and our listeners be paying attention to this week? Sure. Uh, I think the jobs report is the the big data point of the week. And that's pretty much every jobs report is the big report of whatever week yeah. uh, we get it. Uh, probably see, you know, half a million jobs, you know, maybe a little bit more than that, depending. Uh, but, you know, we know we have, uh, you know, a COVID uh, drag that continues, not just Omicron now, but well, Omicron emerged after the um, reporting period, but we had you know, COVID concerns with Delta in Europe still. Uh, and that was certainly having some impact on growth. So, you know, maybe you get a little bit of upside to that, but it, um, you know, the labor supply issue wasn't fixed, right? There's just a lot of people, maybe we made some progress, but it wasn't fixed. Supply chain problems aren't fixed. Uh, that's still going to present a drag. We should, a drag. We should be seeing a million jobs a month right now. Um, at least pre-Omicron. Um, and, you know, the fact that we're not certainly reflects a lot of these, these issues that companies are having um, that, um, you know, really preventing people from getting back to work. And, um, 
you know, slowing economic growth. And that's why we're talking about, you know, maybe four or 5% economic growth, not 10. Right. I mean, just this morning, I didn't really get a chance to read it, but Wall Street Journal headlines talking about now there's a coal shortage at U.S. power plants. And it's not surprising. There's a shortage of everything, it feels like. Um, so just add that to um, along the coal, I guess, add that to to the issues that we continue to see. So so with all of that, though, guys, thank you very much for being here this week at the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. Thanks to Jeff, as always, for a fun conversation. Thank you to Neil, our producer, who helps us get this out to the masses in a, a really neat um, and professional. Sometimes we need that help, that professional way. So thank you, Neil. And again, uh, a lot of things happening out there. Please continue to you know, follow lplresearch.com. You can follow us on Twitter um, and listen to these old podcasts. There's still probably some gems in there somewhere. Maybe not everywhere, but if you could find one, I bet it's in there. Like a, like a piece of coal, you break it down, it's probably diamond in there somewhere. Um, so with all that, everybody, we will be back next week. And next week's going to be a really exciting one because, again, Jeff and I will break down our 2022 outlook where we see the world heading as it pertains to stocks, Bonds, economy, policy, and probably a little bit of um, you know, COVID and, and Omicron, uh, Omicron discussion as well. So with that, everybody, have a great week. Hope everyone had a really you know, happy Hanukkah to everyone. Hopefully everyone had an awesome Thanksgiving. It is the holiday season's coming. December is right around the corner. So uh, let's just keep it going. And hopefully this bull market, market keeps going as well. We'll see you next week. And we'll talk about the outlook. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All index are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliate. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations and may lose value.